ready to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book? It's time to write your book. Welcome to The Write Hour, nonfiction tips from The Write Coach with Joyce Glass, where you can learn the business and craft of writing. Welcome to episode 504 of The Write Hour. If you've ever thought about creating anything with audio, you're going to love today's podcast. I stumbled upon some up-and-coming technology from John Lee Dumas' email. And in case you don't know who John Lee Dumas is, he's like the king of podcasting. But I am so glad I took a few minutes to check it out. Now, if you've ever tried to edit audio, you know it is not a fun task. It is one of the least favorite things I like to do in creating a podcast. But now, Dan has made this part of creating a podcast so much easier for me and for you. Dan Radden is building the future of audio creation at Oxbus. Never content to accept the challenges, roadblocks, and difficulties suffered by people who want to create and enjoy audio. Dan has devoted his entire career to enabling others to enjoy the magic only sound can deliver, making audio easier for people who aren't audio insiders. Dan created a podcast in 2017 while starting a drum company, and immediately he discovered the fragmented state of difficult tools for podcasting, which was challenging to navigate for even a career audio technologist. Now, folks, if he has a problem... You know, it's not an easy thing to do. It can be done. I've learned it, but there's a huge learning curve. And that's why I did take John Lee Dumas's course, um, Podcaster's Paradise, to teach me how to do it. But now Dan founded something called Oxbus, A-U-X-B-U-S, to create the missing end-to-end platform to guide audio novices through planning and creating podcasts, handling time-consuming production and distribution tasks to save them time. Even if you don't have a podcast, this episode will help you with any type of audio recording. Maybe you'll want to record an audiobook. You can check out in the show notes for the links we discuss. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 504. And today we're here with Dan Radden. Dan, it's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Joyce. Great to be here. Well, Dan is um, doing something really interesting, and I'm excited because I have jumped on board really fast um, with his new beta, uh, pro- I guess you call it a program or an app. What do you mm-hmm. call it? Um, and it's all about helping people with audio. And it, now audio can be for your podcast or for your audio books. So those of you that are thinking, I don't want to do a podcast. Hey, don't worry about it. If you want to do audio books, this is a, an option to help you with audio uh, books as well. And so I'm loving this. But Dan, tell us a little bit about you and your journey to where you came with Oxbus. Oxbus is the program um, that I'm started using. So I'm loving it, by the way. So tell Thank us you. a little bit. Great. Thanks, Joyce. And um, this is a really open-ended question, so I'm going to try to condense as much as I can. Feel free to cut me off if I'm rambling, okay? <laughs> That's all right. So, yes, uh, as Joyce said, I'm Dan Radin. I'm founder and CEO of a company called Oxbus. That's A-U-X-B-U-S. We're at oxbus.com. We're a a one-and-a-half-year-old startup. We're based in Asheville, North Carolina. 
and we are building the end-to-end platform that makes creating professional podcasts as fast as possible. So our goal is to make it so that no matter what questions you have, no matter what knowledge you don't have, no matter what level of sophistication you have with experience with audio equipment or audio software, we make it as easy as possible. So my background is I come from audio technology. I spent 15 years developing everything from recording studio equipment to live sound equipment, musical instruments, and consumer electronics. So things like $300,000 super high-end home stereo systems to gaming headsets. And then most recently, as part of a partnership with Under Armour, sweat-proof athlete earbuds. So I've learned all about how to make sound, whether it's being recorded or played back. Right. And I left my corporate career after 15 years because I wanted to do something of my own. And something that's big in my past is I'm a drummer. This is a big part of my, my side personality in, in my, my non-work life. Awesome. And I had, started, I had started working on a drum company and I wanted to make a podcast for it. And obviously being a professional audio person in my entire career, I couldn't have a podcast that didn't sound like it was professional. I couldn't have something that sounded like I did it in my basement with a $2 microphone. I needed a way to make something that sounded professional. And what I discovered was creating professional podcasts is incredibly time consuming. You know, you can use (laughs) consumer apps that produce amateur results that are free or no cost. You can do it yourself. And then you've got to do everything from figuring out, you know, what is your show about? How do you figure out your episodes, book your guests, how do you record, edit, find music, mix it, master it. And then what do you do with it? How do you get it to Google, Apple, and Spotify? And there's all these things that you don't know you're in for until you start doing it. Or so that we've talked about the amateur, low-cost, do-it-yourself solutions. We've talked about doing it yourself, putting in the time and feeling the pain of putting in that time to create something yourself that sounds professional. Or if you're a large brand or a celebrity and you've got 50 or 100 or $150,000 a year, there's great solutions for them because you can just spend money with these professional production studios and they'll do everything for you. You'll right. sit down, you'll, there'll be a script there for you in a perfect sounding room with the right microphone, with an engineer. And that's great, but that's very expensive for regular people who are trying to build, build a small business or a brand. And that's the opportunity that I saw that there just wasn't anything for the middle for small businesses and medium sized brands. And that's what led me to start Oxbus. Mm-hmm. We wanted to create a solution that made it really easy for people who are not audio insiders. And this is really what I learned building consumer audio gear, like headphones and gaming headsets is we need to make it so easy that, you know, my experience with Under Armour headsets was a lot of the support calls were just people saying, I got these headphones for Christmas. How do I turn them on? (laughs) So it's that level of simplicity that we're aiming for something that even my grandmother, who's about to turn 96, don't tell her I said this on the air, uh, (laughs) can operate. Exactly. Uh, my parents are 80. So yeah, I get that. I, I'm, I am their IT person, which can be kind of scary sometimes. That's right. We all are. <laughs> yeah. So we'll definitely, I love this and obviously I'm using it and I can tell such a difference. And I've, I've thrown one of my, like my old episodes in there without, you know, I didn't change anything to it. I just threw it into Oxbus to um, edit it and it sounds so much better. Um, Thank you. Because what I was using is Audacity, and I just don't know the techniques, and the sound of my intro got ended up getting distorted. 
you know, it's really, really loud. And then when I talk, I, it sounds like I'm really, really quiet, you know? And so there was not this balance. And, and when I threw it into Oxbust, it actually balanced it out. And it just has this smoother, like you said, more professional sounds. So I'm really loving that. So That's what, awesome. Yeah. So what does Oxbust do for podcasters and writers? You know, you said a little bit about it, um, but give us a little more of the details on how it works. Because I have to say, I, I'm pretty tech savvy. But it is very simple and very easy to use. And it, I mean, it, I figured it out in about 10 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what to That's do. Great. That's so, the goal. Yeah. So um, tell us about that. But I am curious, uh, is this on the horizon? Are you going to be able to like, like I had mentioned before we started, if I need to edit out, you know, where it gets distorted or um, if something you know, somebody says something, but they mess up and they stop and, you know, and I want to take out that part of that clip. Is, are, is that on the horizon where you're going to be able to do some of that editing or do you need to have that done before you put it in Oxbus? Great question. I'm going to answer your question, but I'm also going to take a few steps back for those who might not know some of the terms that you talked about, just okay. so everybody understands what we're talking about. So Audacity is what's called a digital audio workstation. This is software that audio producers, music producers, musicians, engineers use to create audio. Audacity is free, open source, digital audio workstation software. It's been around for a really long time. It's really great because it's free and fairly full featured, but it is not designed for regular people to use. It's designed for people who are audio insiders, for engineers. Right. So what you could do in Audacity is things like recording and processing and editing and mixing, and it's really full featured. It's not designed for podcasting and it's not designed for consumers. So making a comparison from Audacity to Oxbus is is difficult because one of the answers I might give you to your question about editing for now, because we're early and we haven't launched yet, is you might want to do some editing in Audacity before you put it into Oxbus. That said, our vision for the future is we don't think that people got into podcasting to edit audio. So we're looking at a number of different ways that we can train machine learning to make it easier for people to edit audio. One of those things is we're working on a prototype right now where we're actually classifying sounds. So we're able to classify and automatically through software, we know a certain sound might be a sneeze and we can classify and the machine learning knows that's a sneeze or that's a cough or that's Mm -hmm. the sound where I bumped into the microphone. And the future of that is we can remove those automatically. So first, we're starting with classifying sounds that are unwanted and removing them. The goal eventually will be able to remove background sounds, things like sirens or dogs barking, which I know you mentioned is something that happens a lot on your show. (laughs) Um, So removing sounds is kind of step one of automating editing. Step two is artificially intelligently learning your individual speaking pattern and learning your crux words. So not everybody says like or um or you know the same way. So the reason that we need to build artificial intelligence upon the machine learning base is everybody is different. Everyone has a different voice and a different way that they speak. So over time, the goal is to actually learn your individual speech pattern and give you the ability to say, I want to remove 75% of my likes and 50% of my you knows, for example. And that's part of our goal with machine learning. The other thing that we're looking at is natural language processing. So the ability, we've all seen this now, where 
Google and Amazon and other big companies have built these engines that are so good that you can just feed audio in and they spit out a pretty good machine learning transcript because mm -hmm. of this thing called natural language processing. So mm -hmm. this technology is available today. It doesn't create a transcript that is 100% accurate, but if we think that using an 80 or 90% quality transcript, we can then make it so that if you edit the transcript, we can make it the audio editable. So rather than having to edit in a digital audio workstation, which is not made for engineers, we think it might be as simple as editing a Word document and the, edit the audio will get edited as you edit the Word document. There's a company that we're looking at potentially partnering with that's working on this path called Descript, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. It's actually founded by Andrew Mason, who was the founder of Groupon. Mm -hmm. So he's been around the block. He knows what he's doing, building a software company. And we're looking at the possibility of, could we work together? Could we package this? Could this be part of our platform? Because we really believe that people get into podcasting because of the part that we're doing right now. You and me, Joyce, right. talking into microphones, not the booking guests, not the writing scripts, not the research, not the editing, not the finding the music, not the distribution. None of that stuff is why people get into podcasting. Right. It's to be the subject matter expert in the thing that they're a subject matter expert in or to share their voice, their unique personality, their brand. And our goal is to make all of that other pain disappear so you can focus on the part that you actually want to do. I love that idea of just editing the text. That is fabulous because then that, you know, because there was a learning curve to learn how Audacity, and I remember, you know, like I said, I'm pretty tech savvy, but I got kind of frustrated <laughs> first. We don't have any commercial relationship with Descript, but I'm going to go on record saying Descript is a perfect partner uh, software platform to use with Oxbus until mm -hmm. we're at a point where, you know, hopefully my appearing on your show will push Andrew over the cliff when he'll say, let's just integrate. <laughs> there you go. Um, but but that it's a great good way. To me. Yeah, it's a great way to edit audio, and then you could take the outputs of Descript, load them into Oxbus, and your podcast is done. And all you've had to do is edit that Word document, load it into Oxbus, and you know the experience with the beta choice. It's mm -hmm. press the assemble button, and you've got a finished episode. So right. what you've been using is our beta, which means it's not done, it's not feature complete, and definitely not design complete. And I'm not sure when this episode is going to come out, but. As we speak today, we are 53 days from launch, August 13th, mm -hmm. and we're 22 days from release candidate, which means design and feature complete. So our team is hard at work. You'll see over the next month a ton of feature improvements and design changes. Is it going to be done in 22 days? No. We're going to be testing for a month between that release candidate date and launch date, August 13th. But the, the sort of the punchline is it's free until we launch. And even wow. after it, even after we launch, it'll continue to have a free trial period so that you can make sure, try it out, build a bunch of episodes, an unlimited number of episodes during a trial period and see if it's right for you. It's not going to be for everybody, but we're going to try to build something that's really great for small business people and medium-sized brands. Exactly. And it is, that's, you know, that's, then there's plenty of us out there doing that. And I know, like I've talked with a prospective client this week and he wants to start a podcast and he's a psychologist. I can guarantee you he does not have the time, nor will he take the time to figure out how to do audacity, you know, and how to make the sound right. That Because I, I can about guarantee you that is not his thing either. <laughs> so right. I, I am totally on board with this. I think it is wonderful. And I do see how this has many benefits for, you know, podcasters and writers. Um, 
What do you think are the best ways to use Oxbus? Well, I guess I would say if you've never podcasted before, we might be the fastest way. I think we are the fastest way to go from zero to successful podcast mm-hmm. from a professional perspective. You know, I think there are other tools that are built around making it easy to do. Right. But they're predicated on you're going to put some time into producing this thing and doing some of the work yourself. Um, our goal is to make it as fast as possible for you to sound as professional as you are in your subject. Right. And, you know, I think we really appreciate people like yourself, Joyce, like Tony, who you mentioned, our number one first customer. You're actually number two. So we refer to you guys <laughs> as the, uh, the Neil Armstrong and the Buzz Aldrin of Oxbus. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate podcasters who are already doing something, have a system that works because we know that podcasters who have a system that works are really unlikely to try something different because you've already gone through all this pain of figuring out a system that works for you because suitable tools haven't been available. Being willing to try something outside of the system that you developed that works for you, we feel incredible gratitude that you would take a chance on a company like us who's pre-launch, who really is pre-designed in our software. It looks like it was built like an engineer because it was built like an, <laughs> built by an engineer. That's going to change. As we also have a user experience expert who's on our team who's building a really beautiful site that you'll see in the next couple of weeks. But we feel tremendous gratitude and validation when podcasters like yourself who successfully have done what you said, four and a half seasons of your show mm-hmm. to try us and to continue to use us, not only to try it out, but also publish episodes using our platform and continue to do it and tell people about it and be willing to have me on the show to blabber on and on about all the <laughs> things that I'm doing. That is exactly why we do what we do. It's exactly the reason that I'm willing to work without a paycheck until this thing works because there's just I feel so much pride and so much joy when somebody like you is willing to just take a chance on a company that has not proven itself yet. And that's really where we are. We, we, you know, really easy to get full of yourself when your software is working really well and people are starting to use it, but we haven't even started. We're not even at at the starting gate, which is August 13th for us. So uh, thank you for, for being our buzz. You're welcome. And I'm loving it. And I think, you will have definitely have a huge market for this. Obviously, you know this because you you wouldn't have gone to this much trouble if you didn't <laughs> think you would have a market. Uh, but I think it's also like you said. I think the audiobooks are, is a good option mm-hmm. for people too. And so I um, am looking forward to that. So how can a writer create an audiobook with Oxbus? Would they? actually record directly into Oxbus or would they record um, on maybe on their computer and then upload it to Oxbus? How would that work? Sure. So we absolutely have ambitions to build a partner product to Oxbus where Oxbus is our first product. It's for podcasting, but it also can be used for audiobooks. You know, part of our thesis on the audio market is we don't necessarily need all of these artificial limitations of this is a podcast, this is an audiobook, this is a lecture. We kind of think it's all just audio content. And we got some validation recently in the 
sort of the New York Yankees of venture capital, the best known firm that has invested in a lot of the big consumer technology companies like Facebook and Twitter, Andreessen Horowitz put out a 68-page podcast ecosystem investing playbook at the end of May. Mm-hmm. And in the last slide, slide 68, it says, what characteristics should we look for in an investment? And the first thing it says is focus on audio content broadly rather than exclusively podcasts. And that exactly is our take on the market, that podcasts are an amazing way that people are rediscovering audio. It's like radio wow. 20s, but now we get to control what we listen to, when we listen to it, we can pause it, we can rewind it, we can share it, and all of those things that we all know that are great about podcasts because you're making one and whoever's listening is listening to one. Right. The other thing that we just saw, to your point about market opportunity, um, there have been a lot of acquisitions in the podcast industry over the last three years. And mm-hmm. one of our suppliers called Omni Studio was just acquired by a company called Triton Digital, which is part of Scripps, the big TV company. And at this acquisition, their CEO said, I see podcasting becoming a $3 billion market by 2023. Wow. Digital audio will exceed $5 billion by 2021. And on-demand and live digital audio will combine a $10 billion market a few years after that. So Mm -hmm. we feel pretty confident that this is a huge market if we treat it as digital audio and not only podcasting. And that's why we think that what we're building, which is an end-to-end podcast creation platform, can really quickly be turned into an audiobooks platform. Because if you think about it, it's the same problems. It's Mm -hmm. curating your script and preparing to record. It's recording and dealing with the, the technicalities of recording. And then it's dealing with editing and removing the things that you don't want. It's mixing in music, possibly, depending on the type of production you have. And then it's publication. So it's really the same thing that we do in Auxbus for podcasts that we plan to do for audiobooks. And to your question, you can use Auxbus today to build an audiobook. You know, for those who haven't tried it out, which is probably 99.999% of your (laughs) listeners, Auxbus's recording interface works in a series of chapters or segments. So you might have your intro, your opening monologue, your main segment, you might have some other segments, a closing monologue, an outro, and you can move those around. It's a really simple interface. You Mm -hmm. can make it your own and you can add as many additional segments as you want. So what you could do for an audiobook is just create a set of segments that correspond to the chapters of the book. So you might have table of contents, you might have forward, you might have chapters one through 10, you might have uh, acknowledgements, and you might have closing credits. And it can be used in exactly the same way because if you choose to have music mixed in, Auxbus will mix it in. If you choose just to have a bunch of chapters and you want to have the audio levels automatically adjusted, it does that. And then if you want to be able to distribute it to Audible, ACX, and iTunes, we're working on integration for automated one-touch distribution. And we'll start obviously with podcasts because that's what we're building. But in the future, we see a really simple variation where we're just publishing to ACX and to iTunes instead of Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So it's a really simple second product that we're looking at to launch next year. But that said, you can do it with Auxbus today. That is awesome. And like you said about the um, on-demand, you know, mm-hmm. I, Netflix and Hulu have spoiled me. I know they spoiled many of us. I can't hardly stand to watch regular TV because I can't fast forward the commercials, you That's know. Right. That's um, right. So I, it, it's usually something recorded that I watch. 
And same thing with audio, you know, now we can, like you said earlier, we can choose what we want to listen to and when and who and how long. And if we want to fast forward through something, we can. And I think all of that is just kind of where we're going, you know, in general with audio and with even with video things, you know, it, the on-demand has been going that way for years. I I remember when I'm, um, I think it's when I moved here, I moved to this where I'm at now a year and a half ago and was looking at different cable packages. And I was like, you know, I wish we could just pick what we wanted. And the guy I was talking to goes, you know, cable's actually going that way eventually. You're, you're going to yeah. be able to, you, you know, I don't need, there's about five channels I watch and that's it. I don't need 200 channels, you know? And so I think the same thing with audio is then you can pick what you, you know, the content that you want to listen to and that is for you. And so, and you're helping people make it better. And that's what is wonderful. I love that. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the podcast trends. Um, you were talking about a little bit about the audio, um, but and on Tony's, interview and I'm sure not everybody has heard Tony's interview with my group. Um, tell us a little bit about where podcasting is going. Sure. So podcasts have been around for 15 years and they were people in their garages listening on iPods and that's where the podcast name comes from. And for many years there were maybe a thousand or a couple thousand podcasts mm -hmm. and it was a hobby. It wasn't right. something that was intended to be an industry or a market or a professional medium or, you know, I don't think anybody in 2003 had the vision <laughs> that this was going to be a multi-billion dollar market that was done by every major brand, media company, and celebrity personality, which is what it's becoming. Um, in 250,000 podcasts in 2015, um, mm -hmm. there's more tripled that in three and a half years to 700,000 podcasts. And it might sound like we're saturated. It might sound like everybody has a podcast. Everybody's grandmother has a podcast. And if you don't have a podcast, you're too late. But the reality is, take a look at podcasts next to their closest analog cousin, which is video. Mm -hmm. There's somewhere between 30 and 50 million YouTube channels. So right. 700,000 podcasts, we're still in really early days. And our ambition or our vision for this market is there's going to be at least one podcast for every 10 YouTube channels by 2025. So that's seven years from now. Right. So think about that. We're going to go from 700,000 podcasts to 3 million podcasts in the next seven years. That's what we forecast. Right. And that's why I say, even though it seems like everybody and their grandmother has a podcast, you're still early and it's still important to get in early while there's opportunity. Now, what has changed is it's harder to get noticed. Now you have 699,000 competitors mm -hmm. to get noticed. So it's really important that you take a very strategic approach in concepting your show looking at your competition, seeing what they're doing, seeing what they're not doing, seeing how you can find your own special space. Right. And I think the other byproduct of competition is the level of audio production, sort of the, the table stakes for audio production has been raised where you used to be able to get away with having subpar audio quality if you just had good content or you were just a personality who had a big celebrity following or something like that. Right. Today, you're launching and your audio isn't good, 
people won't listen because they have 699,000 alternatives <laughs> to listen exactly. to. So you don't need to sound like an audiophile. You know, I'm talking to you on a broadcast microphone that costs $400, but that's because this is my job. Right. I'm not a professional podcaster, but it's important for me to know all of the different technology. And sitting on the table with me is a $100 microphone, a $70 microphone, and some Bluetooth headphones. And all of those are suitable, by the way, for recording podcasts right. if you're able to deal with the leveling and the audio adjustments. You know, I think that the first wave of, of podcasting was the amateur hobby thing, people doing it in their garages for, mm -hmm. for passion. The second wave of podcasting, sort of the last five or so years has been driven by the first big hits like Serial was the first big hit that crossed over into the cultural mainstream and had people really discovering it, discovering podcasts for the first time in a mass way, talking about it at the water cooler. The right. other thing that drove that second wave was Apple put the podcast app into iOS. So right. all of a sudden overnight, everybody that had an iPhone updated to the new iOS and they had a podcast app. Exactly. So those two things were the second wave, which was sort of the first professional wave of podcasting. And some of the other technolo technological drivers like cell phone batteries getting better, there being more universal American access to faster, higher speed internet, things like that, made it so that audio could be more on, on demand like we've talked about. Where it used to be, it might take you some time to download a podcast or back in the early days, it took you some time to manually load a podcast onto your mm -hmm. iPod if you remember you used to have to do that. Oh what's yeah. <laughs> what's happening today is now there are a lot of podcasts. The challenges are discoverability. There's lots of companies mm -hmm. that are looking at how do we be the Netflix algorithmic recommendation engine. So if you listen to Joyce and you listen to Tony and you listen to Dan, what do we algorithmically guess you might want to listen to next? Because that's uh -huh. one of the big challenges is how do you get discovered when there's so much competition. Another is monetization business models so in america our podcasts are monetized typically through selling ads so you listen for 12 minutes and then you hear ads for zip recruiter and casper mattress and those work really well if you have a large audience they don't really work that well if you're a small business because you can't afford you don't you, you can't deliver the results that zip recruiter will pay attention to so right. you're gonna have to spend lot of time selling local ads, local business, you're going to all of a sudden be basically operating a newspaper for your podcast in terms of the ad sales. Mm -hmm. One of the other models for more of the hobbyist tier of podcasts is patronage. So sites like Patreon and others where listeners can be given the opportunity to help support production of the podcast, defray production costs. You're not going to make a ton of money most likely with this model, but it might be a way to break even on podcasting if you're right. using podcasting as a way to promote something else, your business, your book, your publishing company. Then the third model, so we've talked about ad-supported content and patron-supported content. The third model is what is popular in China and some of the other countries overseas, which is a subscription model. So this is like Netflix. This mm -hmm. is like Spotify where you pay $8 or $12 or $15 a month, and then you can listen ad-free unlimitedly. And the way that the creators make money on that is they're paid upfront for their show or they get a split of revenues. So those three different business models are all getting tested. And this is one of the characteristics, I think, of this third wave of podcasting that we're in. So discovery, monetization, and then hardware. You know, I mentioned AirPods. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've used AirPods, but the new AirPods have this feature where you don't have to do anything if you have them in. They just have to be in your ears, connected to your phone. You say, hey, Siri, they talk back to you. It's like Alexa or it's like that movie, <laughs> Her. 
where they can respond to you all the time. And it's making interesting use cases for podcasts where people by default don't take out their AirPods when they're done listening to something unless they're going to have an interaction with the person. And in some cases, we've probably all seen, they don't even take them out then. Sometimes you might leave your AirPods in and just talk to somebody because they don't completely block, block your ears. Right. So this is creating different ways that people are consuming. It might be that on-demand answer-based short content becomes more common. You know, how many times have we said, hey, Alexa, tell me how many times uh, the earth revolves around the sun in 50 years? Or I, I don't know, I'm just coming up with an example. But you know, it might be that quick best practices or answers to questions type content becomes more valuable as an offshoot of podcasting. We don't know what the future is going to be, mm -hmm. but we know that there are some trends that are driving changes in podcasting. So I think that the big trends right now are hardware. So things like AirPods and other smart earbuds that have sensors that are connected to your phone all the time, monetization and testing different business models. And of course, um, discovery, you know, this is a big area where how do you get people to discover you? I mean, you can spend as much as you want on Facebook ads and Instagram marketing, but it's really difficult to get people to listen. The best way to get people to listen is a recommendation and discovery right. is all about finding ways to get the right recommendation of the right podcast at the right time to the right person. Yes, perfectly. And I, I, I think that's interesting. I did not know about the earbuds, um, earpods. I, have been afraid to get them because I feel like I'm going to lose them. <laughs> so. well, I don't want to sound like an ad for Apple, but they actually have, you know, the find my iPhone or find my Mac feature actually works on the AirPods too. Oh, that's funny. Well, I, you don't know me that well, but I am definitely an Apple girl. I've got it all. The, the iPad, the big, I call it my big Mac and um, my phone. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I love my Apple products, but um, because of, neck issues I've always used a headset so I might test out the ear um, pods I I do like that feature where you can hey Siri uh, mm -hmm. so that's a that's a, a neat feature I did not oh, know so that. great imagine here's here's my my number one use case and and again I don't want to sound like an ad for Apple but <laughs> if I've got them in and I'm listening to an audiobook or listening to a podcast and I'm grilling for dinner uh -huh. I'll say Hey Siri, set a timer for three minutes or Hey Siri, set a timer for five minutes and it'll just tell me when it's time to go check the grill. There you go. I love that. I use the timer for that too, but I just, you know, <laughs> do the manual way. You know? <laughs> and yeah, but you have meat on your hands because you were just working on the grill. Exactly. Well, then you got to wash your hands and then do it. But yeah, right. definitely. But that sounds interesting. And I love where you said where podcasting is going. And when you were talking about the trend of so many more podcasts in the future it's the same thing i feel like i tell people you know some people say well why should i write a book there's already a ton of books out there and my topic and it, the thing is people will resonate with you and your story and Absolutely. they might not resonate with someone else and that's the whole reason it's important for you to put your story out there or your podcast out there because then it may help someone in a way that you didn't think would and you know especially even with what I do you could look in iTunes right now I am not the only podcast about writing there's a gazillion of them <laughs> but I have a different take on it and I'm hope hopefully I'm doing good at you know having a unique look at it and I'm not just 
um, talking about the same old thing over and over again. And that's, I, right. and that's part of why I love having you on here, Dan, because <clears throat> there, I've, I've talked with a lot of writers and people because my focus is people on personal development. Um, and a lot of them want to do podcasts, but they don't know. And so you're, what you're creating here is perfect for them and Thank you. will solve a lot of issues. I, I won't have to go, well, it's going to take a lot of time and you know, I could just say, go to Oxbus and it'll help you, you know, and I won't have to say, go here for this and go here for that. You'll have it covered for them. So that's going to be wonderful. So I love it. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to respond to one of the things that you said about everyone has an authentic book in them. I totally agree with that. You know, as a startup founder, you've got lots of time to reflect on what you're good at, what you're not good at, and what your unique value to the world is. And I think mm -hmm. the same thing is the case with authors. You know, everybody has something unique to say. And I would go so far as to say, maybe this is a little controversial, but I don't think you're done with your book until it's also an audiobook today. You mm -hmm. know, people read less and less, but they consume more and more content. And the same way that podcasts have had a meteoric rise with people up to about 50 or 55 years old, audiobooks are having the same meteoric rise for my parents' generation. Right. And I, again, don't see these artificial delineations between this is a podcast, this is an audiobook, this is a lecture, for example. So I think no matter what you have to say, no matter what kind of author you are, whether you write articles, you write blog posts, you write tweets, all of it can be audio. And I think all of it should be because listen, listening is passive. It's mm -hmm. easier than reading and it's multitaskable. It's portable. You know, podcasts and audio go in places where books and screens can't. And you right. can be listening to an audio book while you're driving to work. You can be listening to a podcast while you're working out at the gym. You can be listening to a lecture while you're making dinner and chasing the kids around to the house. So right. I totally believe that no matter what you're doing, audio is a necessary extension to the way that you do content marketing. It's deeper, richer, more substance than pure social media, which can be mm -hmm. kind of temporary and fast foodie. And mm -hmm. it's more portable than books and blogs. It's not going to replace a book or a blog because you no. don't read the same way that you listen, but it is a close cousin and it can supplement and enable you to get more information, go deeper, learn about more topics than you might have time to sit down and read about alone. Exactly. I, I love audiobooks. I've been um, listening to a lot of them the past year. And it's been wonderful because like you said, I can, you know, one week I listened to three books and I was like, woohoo, I read three books. Well, I listened to them, but you know, I was in getting to books with what I do because I am reading and editing most of my days. So actually reading for fun, isn't that fun? <laughs> because my eyes are tired, my brain's tired by then. And so audio has been nice because I can still get that learning in or, you know, listen to a great fiction book without having to sit down and strain my eyes and fall asleep listening to it, you know? <laughs> right, right. And you can't set a sleep camera on a book, but you can on your podcast player or audiobooks player. Exactly. You gave me an idea too. I recorded my first book myself on audio and it's not the best. And, <laughs> and um, I need to redo that. So, 
Oxbus has an, another feature for me to use. So there we go. Um, Absolutely. Love to, love to help you be, you can be Neil Armstrong as the first person creating an audiobook with Oxbus. We'll send you an extra t-shirt. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So tell me, uh, what words of advice and encouragement do you have for someone who wants to start a podcast or maybe they want to record their own audiobook? What advice would you uh, or encouragement would you give them? I guess my advice would be different depending on what you're doing. If you want to create audiobooks, I think the typical way that you get there is you've already written a book and now you're adapting it for audio. Right. That might not be the case, but I think that's the most common way of getting there. And if that's the case, then it might help you to do some podcasting before you create an audiobook. I think that mm-hmm. audiobooks are actually more difficult as the speaker, as the host, as the reader than podcasting. Podcasting can be varied length, can be five minutes, can be 45 minutes. And, you know, we get the question all the time, how long should a podcast be? And the answer is as long as it needs to be, but not longer. So we all know, you know, throw, (laughs) would have made the story shorter if I had more time, that kind of thing. Um, But audiobooks are painful and long and difficult to do. So it's great to build up some of these skills, working with a microphone, staying close, but not too close, off center, developing your voice so that you can eliminate some of the things that you might not like about your voice or the way that you speak. You know, I certainly have benefited greatly from just listening to myself in headphones a lot. I (laughs) really hated my voice until about a year and a half ago when I started really seriously getting into podcasting and spending a lot of time listening to my voice. We hear all the time, I hate my voice. I could never do a podcast. I will challenge you, make 30 episodes of something and you'll, your voice will migrate to a place where you like it. You might not be There's definitely things as we're talking right now that I'm picking on myself, squishing words together, rounding off the ends of words, things like that. But the more you do it, the better you get. And I think that podcasting is a great way to prepare if you're planning to do an audiobook. And then podcasting, the big number one lesson is consistency. It's all about every you've got to put something out. It could be five minutes, it could be an hour and a half, but it's consistency and it is Uh, consistency not only about putting something out but also consistency in terms of when you release it's really important to have a very consistent release frequency so the most important thing is just build that big basis of content consistently so your your fans your audience know they can count on you that they when they're looking for more they know when it's coming if you can do that and be really open about you know we're going to take the next two months off for a break for the summer we're going to come back august 1st that kind of thing if you can be very open and transparent with your listeners you will build a really powerful podcast. And a podcast, again, could be a great complement to an audiobook. So uh, let's break down some of these artificial barriers between different types of audio. They're all great. We can help you with all of them. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to say how much I appreciate you trying us out, giving us a shot, giving me a platform to talk about what we're doing for your listeners. And just one more plug, if you don't mind, auxbus.com, A-U-X-B-U-S.com. You can try it for free until we launch August 13. And even at that point, you'll continue to be able to use it for free during a trial period. Check us out. We think you're going to love us. Auxbus is the fastest way to create a professional podcast. And I really appreciate you having me, Joyce. I appreciate you being here. And you have a great day, Dan. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Right Hour. Are you wondering how to start your writing journey but feel overwhelmed or confused? 
After taking four years to write her first book, Joyce completely understands. She created the four steps to the right book to help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. She shares tips on the writing process, and you can download the Writing Planner to track your progress and create weekly and monthly milestones to complete your book. You can sign up for the short email series at therightcoach.biz. That's T-H-E-W-R-I-T-E-C-O-A-C-H dot B-I-Z. Or go to the link in the show notes for the podcasts. You can sign up on the side pop-out on the computer or on the phone. It's a blue bar at the bottom that pops up. You can also go to the bottom of the homepage to sign up for the four steps to the right book. Don't let fear and overwhelm stop you from writing your book. It's time to write your book. Oxbus. 